Yeah, I appreciate that a lot. Thanks for listening, noon to 2, Monday through Friday, or on the podcast, thegreatvoice.com. You can get the whole show on podcast, and I hope you will listen to it whenever you can. Uh, thegreatvoice.com. Nice to be with you at any time of day. We've talked a lot about getting ready for retirement and the sorts of things that we need to do, maybe to the point of where younger people think we're not talking to them. Well, there's a lot to talk about with young people, uh, and you're about to uh, probably relate to some of the things. So I do see a headline here in USA Today, funding cutoff expected to exacerbate child care crisis. Um, and we've been talking a lot about that, child care and money that's being cut off from COVID and all that. But at the other end of the spectrum, there are a lot of people who are taking care of not children, but their uh, their family, their parents, their grandparents, an aunt, an uncle. Nearly a quarter of millennials are caregivers for an adult. This according to a 2020 AARP survey and a 2020 report from insurance marketplace Go Health Fund that one in three millennials are supporting their parents financially. And more than a quarter help manage their parents' health care. So clearly, this is a group of people, millennials, that need some professional guidance as well. And though we have depended on Chris Alberta, the president and CEO of Principium Tactical Wealth Management, he's filled in on this program. He comes on as a guest, as a guest expert. We've talked mostly about seniors and people heading toward retirement. But these millennials need a little help as well, Chris. Good afternoon. Hey, Paul. How goes it? It goes well. It is uh, something a lot of us can relate to. Um, my goodness, I think of my mother, Sweet Marie, took care of her parents, took care of my dad's parents, took care of my dad. And and by the time she was of the age where she didn't have to take care of anyone anymore, she was in her 90s. Yeah. And, uh but it's on the other foot now. There are younger people finding themselves in a position that used to be held for the seasoned citizens, sure. if you will. Well, I hate to be a spoiler. I tell you, you know, you can always count on me to really mess up, uh, you know, a good story. I think that 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 article you're referring to is built on a bit of a false premise, Paul. Fill me in. Um, well, look, the millennials, you know, really up until 1994 is the end of that millennial phase. The median age of a millennial right now is 33 years old. And in that time frame, most of the people having children when they're mid to late 20s. I don't think that there's any way in history that there's a whole gaggle of people, one, nearly even close to one third, that are taking care of their 58 to 62-year-old parents. Certainly with those people, many of them still working a whole lot of them coming out of the pension era. Does it exist? I'm, I'm sure it does. But the same week that that article came out, Experian and Wall Street Journal also had articles saying that nearly 60% of millennials were ashamed that they still had to ask their parents for financial assistance. <laughs> so I don't know how those two things can be true at the same time. Look, so, I'm Chris, Chris let's old, cut to, I don't know that many. Cut to the chase. What are they trying to do then? What? How are they trying to steer us and mislead us in this article? I don't know that they're trying to mislead. I can tell you that my that my suspicion goes up when you see anything from an insurance-based magazine. Uh, those places are trying to sell long-term care. I'm sure, Paul, that in, in some socioeconomically depressed climates, there's multi-generational households, and there is 35-year-old, 38-year-old 
that are working, that are taking care of their kids and maybe also housing their parents and, and offering some assistance. How do you quantify how much assistance that is? I don't really know. Are there people who are higher earners that are helping their parents who may be a little bit less well off? I'm sure that there is. But in a relative sense, I don't think this is quite the epidemic that that article makes it out to be. I have no less than 30 or 40, 30 to 45-year-olds in my life that I know well. I don't know one of them that is actually trying to offset or diffuse their parents' bills. Well, that's a good point. I mean, I, I, I certainly didn't find myself having to do that in, in my circumstance and situation. And I, I was the... In a sense, in terms of income, I was the quote-unquote breadwinner for the whole family sure. at that point. But I, sure. but, but I didn't have to do that sort of stuff. And my parents and look, were not... I, I have a millennial daughter, right, who's basically 25 years old. She's on the very, very later end of the millennial um, time frame. And she asks for help here and there, and I can't blame her. Life is expensive. Groceries are, and gasoline are more than they've ever been, thanks to a, a select few in, in Disneyland East, i.e. Washington, D.C., <laughs> <laughs> and I'm happy to help when I can. But look, I, I tell you what, the one part of that article that I did think was interesting is there has been a, a, a look away in many cases from the reverse mortgage. Do you know much about how that works? I Only because I did some commercials for one a long time ago, and I was not comfortable with it. I have to tell you the truth. I don't think it's for everyone by a long shot. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, from a planner's standpoint, and this I think is very good, humble advice, that that particular mechanism was introduced years and years ago by financial freedom, which was a, a third party arm of, of the United States government, if you will, much like Fannie Mae for Freddie Mac. The, the, the reason that it got a lot of bad press was because it was widely abused. I mean, salespeople were out selling the idea. You let's get all this money into your pocket tax free and then you can invest it with me. You could buy an annuity. You could buy a new Cadillac. You could buy a little house up north. And often, it was it was abused to the point where it became a regulatory nightmare. What's interesting now is if you had a client who said, look, at, I, I have decent Social Security, but I don't have a pension. We lost all our money in 08. We barely made it back, and I can't survive, but we have a house that's worth a few hundred thousand dollars. The, the reverse mortgage may be one of the most ethical financial tools to use in a need-based situation. Mm. And so if I were to run across a millennial or even someone like called Gen X, you know, late 40s like myself, who said, look, my parents are strapped and I've been helping them, but it's starting to really be a burden on me. The first place I would look would be to equity in the home. Well, before we run out, uh, I appreciate that. That's that's smart and good advice, which is what you always give. That's Chris Alberta, president, CEO, Principium Tactical Wealth Management. Do you uh, the, the article went on to talk about those long-term care insurance policies. You think they were trying to kind of peddle. Are you a big fan of those? You know, not for most people. I think that if you're, you know, 20 years ago when people were in their 50s and they were buying nursing care policies for convalescence and, and real true long-term care, they were pretty affordably priced. And the statistics really do speak to the fact that you probably will need some level of assistance. Nowadays, Paul, they've gotten so darn expensive and the costs and the claims are so outrageous, you're probably better off just building that into your retirement plan as a maybe, and you cross your fingers and you eat good and you go to the gym and you try and stay out of long-term care. <laughs> all right. Uh, you, <laughs> good, good advice for all ages. 
Uh, Chris Alberta, President and CEO, Principium Tactical Wealth Management. We use them. You should, too. 888-800-8949 is how you get directly in touch with him, unless he's filling in on the show sometime, which you'll do more of. 888-800-8949. Thanks, Chris. You got it, Paul. See you soon. We'll look forward to it as we continue into our second hour coming up next here. Focus with Paul W. Smith on WJR and thegreatvoice.com as a podcast.